Hey, it's Sky Brothers here. View from the cheap seats this week. We have an unbelievable guest. Uh, he played for in the NFL, had over ten thousand six hundred yards rushing, and now he's got a great acting career. He's Thomas Q. Jones. Man, did you have fun on the show? Man, I had a blast on this show. Thank we you so much deep. for inviting me. Yeah, we got super deep, man. It was early in the morning out here in the West Coast. Man, Listen, y'all, got man, my, y'all got my brain working early, man. Talk so. Issues. I'm yeah. talking issues. I'm saying, look, we got so deep, we put her butt to sleep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Space captain who has been uh, beer hunted in the background. Wow, was that? Oh, I thought it was me for a second. It's just a sympathetic vibration, you know. So ever had that happen where you're in a stairwell, you know, and then it's like you're humming in a stairwell. Next thing you know, the fucking building's crumbling down around you because you found the frequency that the building vibrates with. You know what I mean? 
Okay, slow, slow it up, guy. It's just, no, it's the, the thing is, it's all about galvanizing support for the dirigibles. If we can just galvanize support for the dirigibles and find an aluminum byproduct that will be more of an apropos solution to this entire idea, then we can probably slow it down and pick it back up again before we have to ask for outside help. Because I think if we, if we go overseas with the whole thing and we restock the, uh, if we have to restock pylons again in this year, we're going to be out so far uh, LOS that we won't even have full dynamic capability range instead of Dacron Claw. Because Lycra, well, they're using, they're, 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 it's something, Lycra something they got. So we're uh, back up in here on November 25th. And when we do that, we're going to just check out the Chinese shipment because they, well, they, they managed. Did you hear that? I think somebody just arrived in the desk ball. Hold on a second. I'm still dealing with significant ear occlusion in the left now. What the fraps? What the frappage? Uh, welcome to Twisting the Wind. Uh, it is a it's a freeform intelligence podcast. What is the theme of Twisting the Wind? I don't really know. Do you know what it is, everybody? You're listening to it now. This is sort of the beginning part. This is sort of where things kind of are. Um, this is where we dump out the Legos and sort of sort the parts. If you were receiving the Legos in sort of like a third world country where they didn't come in a kit or like a box, it's like. Okay, these are donated to us. This is what we have here at the American Orphanage run by the Mormons. That This is where it is. So this is what we have to work with. So let's so let, let's just dump it all out and see what we got, okay? Um, Shav and uh, Demirny, would you please help Mama Grandma work with these, these, Oreo, these Oreos? These Oreos. Oreo, they're Oreo Legos, which we all know. When you can eat something you can play with, that's when you win the game. That's when the game starts to be a winnable thing as opposed to something you're just playing. So that's the case here with Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton here on the Feral Audio Network, also known as the best network in podcasting. There's all kinds of other networks out there. There's actually not that many networks out there, but all the other networks are bad. Uh, they're just terrible, hideous uh, beast behemoths that are just nothing but um, shit logs flying out of uh, two boys into the deep, dark night of of disillusionment. That's what it is. So if you're if you're tapping in, you're dipping into other zones of uh, other zones of podcast combat. You're probably getting ear injured on a daily basis from those weird Wi-Fi whack jobs, signal signal uh, <laughs> signal freaks. <laughs> What do they call those guys? Signal jammers, signal freaks, uh, freak, 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 fad freakers, uh, jammers, signal jammers, something like that. It's like a Blade Runner reference or something like that. Uh, a movie I've never seen because I always fall asleep. <laughs> Is this the part where he eats the soup? <gasps> Is this the part where he eats the soup? I love the part where he eats the That's what happened. 
So that's what I want to know is what's the theme of this podcast, you know, because obviously it has sort of a theme, right? Well, it obviously doesn't have a theme like a lot of other podcasts. Does it have a, th- a lot of podcasts are like they say they have a theme, but really do they have a theme any more than the theme being that the person who hosted is the host, right? It's the tone of the person who it's, it's the, uh, <laughs> How 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 else can you describe a ship without describing its captain? I would say that, and the captain of the ship, male or female, who she he may, may be, uh, that's how you know the destination of the ship. The crew is great. The crew is really good. The crew is like my mic boy, my my machines, my circuit boards, my doodads, my brownstone, my um, my phalanx covered in uh, flank stacks with uh, extra vylon pinal fours. That's all good. That's all making the tone uh, distributable and and fully fully amplifiable and all that such as duet. No apologies here because we're Southwest Windward, but that stuff is uh that's all good but that's not the theme so what's the theme i want you to email me at twisting the wind at gmail.com and tell me what the theme of this is so that way when i meet somebody in the street when i'm doing when my street team's out there being like hey man you gotta check out this highly reviewed podcast it's really uh fun and special you know not that it doesn't blow out other podcasts because it's okay to have other things so you have to have a negative thing in there to make the positive so positive case in point fact in datum factotatum this this being that of which I just said, um, uh, that's what I want to know. I want to be like, say, in a nutshell, in a, in like a, in like a log line, sentence structure, what it is, because sometimes it's hard to describe the thing with which you're writing. If you're like, if you're a captain, a captaining a ship, and you're like, oh, right here, what's my ship look like? Tell me what it looks like. I'm too busy moving the ropes around. I'm making it go forward so we can catch land over here where I'm going to Greek style. Uh, the pretty women of Crete give them a nail of their fucking shaggy friend who just not have a way in So I want to be able to not have that kind of, I want to, I'm trying to felicitate that uh, shamberbation, because if you're not um, tating and baiting, then you're not uh, waking for the um, Jeffrey's bacon. Twisting the wind at gmail dot com. I I just heard a level peak. It's not. I'm not happy about that. I think there's some still. I think I need a power scrubber in here. I really do. I'm not you guys. I'm not kidding. I think I might need a fucking power scrubber. Like, what a fucking sad thing to talk about here. Uh, I'm turning the mic sensitivity down, and maybe that'll scrub this power a bit. But I'm still, still not super doke stoked on this whole current new digital preamp. Um, but you know, it's a learning. It's a building system. We're gonna get a hand built tremolo in here eventually, so that'll really modulate the frequency of the sounds I'm emitting to you. Uh, also, there's going to be probably be some sort of a, a tube preamp. This voice will be run through, so that'll really give it some good, good beef. The problem is is where to put it in the command chain of effects. So, but we'll figure it out. We've got a crack shot team of ball baggers in the house, ready to ready to manifest that destiny. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, twi- twisting the twisting the wind at gmail.com. Let me know what you think the theme is. I'm not kidding right now. I know I use a lot of words, and I know I like sort of bounce around here being all Mr. like, whoa, this guy's crazy. What's he talking about? Oh, my God, he's being so weird about the way he speaks. Why is he doing it? Jennifer, why is he doing the thing? Jennifer, he's always doing the other weird thing that he does. Sometimes, why are you doing this? Why you do? Why you do? Why you do? Right? So there you go. 
There you have it. Uh, thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind. If you have been a regular listener, I appreciate it. If you're here for the first time, welcome. This place should be like an audio blanket for you, like a really expensive Pendleton wool blanket made of virgin wool in the United States, which in the United States, which I'm going to recommend here to for you to purchase on Amazon. I'm a big fan of the Pendleton products. They've become uh, deeply in vogue as of late because of the trend among uh, native patterns in the United States for people to wear them. But you know what? That hasn't compromised their vision as a as a product company. I love wool. I'm a big fan of wool. There's no irony in that whatsoever. I just really like wool. And I want this to be a digital blanket. So maybe I just said the theme of the podcast, but that's too oblique for people, right? What's twisting the wind? Oh... Well, it's like a digital blanket, you know, um, but a really cool one. Uh, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. So that that right there doesn't make sense, but it's you get the idea. But I will be recommending that um, digital blanket, uh, actual blanket, Pendleton blanket to be purchased on Amazon. That's what you can do to help the podcast out. You're probably a repeat listener because you got here some way, not by just now. Uh, if that's the case. Please go to feralaudio.com and click on the Twisting the Wind page and click on Shop Amazon. I'm actually looking at it right now. It says, Support the show with your purchase. You know you're purchasing. You know you're out there doing it. You know you're getting like the, 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 the water filters for your sink-mounted water filter to filter out the fucking shack dust nast taste that comes through your public piping because you don't want to be one of those guys who's getting bottled water delivered to your house. That's the worst. Talk about a plastic dump. So yeah, you get those things, and that's a that's a reasonable Amazon purchase. And that's just one of thousands, actually billions of products that you probably purchase on Jamazon. <laughs> I wish it was called Jamazon. So do that. So go in there and purchase some uh, stuff. You can you can shop through the recommendations, uh, individualized episodic individualized recommendations. Some are more, some are less, some are large in terms of not just size but number of what is recommended. Be it be it a book, be it an album or a song, because uh, as you know. Twisting the Wind here, this show, that which I'm a part of. We talk a lot about music and recommend that music. And uh, I like to make it so, something where you can acquire it. And if you can acquire it through Amazon, which is I think is a... They're a really great uh, company for music acquisitions in terms of MP3s. I'm really saying this in honest factions here. So... So do that, you know. iTunes is good too, but you know, shop on shop on our fucking Amazon portal, you geeks, you 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 bums, okay. And if you can't do that, if you want to be more direct, if you want to really be a patron of this whole movement here, that it will be a movement because at some point I'm going to hit a hundred episodes and flip this podcast on his fucking head. When that happens, you'll be like, whoa, man, I was right there. I was like really ripping and down and everything. So go ahead and donate. You can donate with PayPal. PayPal is a very secure registered trademark of a, of a money laundering site. <laughs> oh, my God. I just said money laundering with PayPal. You know what? They probably are. They probably are the number one money laundering operation in town these days, right? They've got to be, right? They've got to be. It makes sense. 
No matter. Uh, no matter, Dad. We'll just move forward here with the recommendations for yourself. And what do I mean by that? I don't really know. I don't I guess I don't really have a meaning recommendations for yourself. Just thought that might be a good segue to talk about uh, just recent adventures, you know? Because I, I think that's such a fun thing to talk about here in this venue and this, uh, this, this host position. As recent adventures, there's been I've been doing some serious adventuring as of as of late. I almost said lately. I'm, I, can you believe I almost said lately instead of as of late? Are you kidding me? Why would you ever say lately instead of as of late? That's absurd. Okay, moving on with the program. Hope you have a good rest of the day. Okay, uh, fine. Just, just criticize me. Yeah, just, just blow me down. Um, yeah, as of late, lately, those are all, those are the sort of things. There's a lot to pavalier on to speak on, but I don't want to. I don't want to beat around this bush here. I think I've established a good quality bush, uh, bush as in a buffer, like a top, a top end buffer for this audio plate here today. There's a good, nice, thick. Bush, the kind of bush that you could jump into. If it was, let's say, it was covered in snow, and you had a snowsuit on. You know, when you do that, when you have like a snowsuit on, there's a bush covered in snow. You're like, I mean, I could jump in that, no problem, and I probably won't get perforated. Probably, probably, probably won't get perforated. Uh, and that's what I feel like we've established here at the beginning of the show. Um, it's twisting the wind with Johnny Pemberton. Uh, you should please donate or buy shit through Amazon. Uh, digital blanket. Email twistingthewind at gmail dot com, which you can email me with everybody, whatever you want to send, uh, as long as it's wholesome and approved by the Church of Latter Day Saints. And uh, also uh, this suggested or perceived theme of twisting the wind, so I may better market it towards celebrities such as Val Kilmer. <laughs> and other people like that. I'm not even joking about that, but I'm true. So, so that's the bush. That's the thick, the bush, like a bushy hedge. That let's call it the hedge, because bush has. We all know the connotations of bush. I mean, bush. Geez, in the game of in the game of connotations, in the last thirty odd years, or maybe forty odd years, I'd say that the the word bush has sure taken on a whole lot more than just a beautiful plant that subsides in a relatively box-like size shape. I mean, you got those double presidents, and you got that thing that people refer to uh, the vaginal pubic hair thing. Bush has seen better days as a word use. Oh, I just wanted to think about that. Really, it is. Bush really got fucking beat. <laughs> got beat hard. Man, poor little, poor little four-letter word. <laughs> okay, so the hedge, and even hedge, you know, these hedge fund hedges. You're hedging your bets. You've got a hedge fund because the that's the, you're hedging your bet with your hedge fund because you're gonna be like, oh, I need a hedge. I need at least I need at least billion dollars of hedge around my life to make sure it's insulated against any type of non-fun. I gotta have a hedge fund. You don't have a hedge fund? How are you alive? You gotta get a hedge fund. Seriously, if you want to be like a top loader, like a big boy who's operating on a hundred thousand percent cylinders full full release baby boy in this cool brick building in 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 uh new york city you gotta be a hedge fund manager or at least have a hedge fund that's being managed by a hedge fund manager so you can hedge your bets man hedge and bush 
both of them in league together. A lot of hedge fund managers probably voted for Bush. Or <laughs> actually, they don't give they don't give a shit. They just want whoever <laughs> whoever can uh, slacken slaken that <laughs> slaken. That's a whole other thing. That's talking about thirst. Will you, will you slake my thirst? God, wouldn't that be a great place to for a bar, huh? Uh, slakers. <laughs> uh, if you got, if you, if you're a slacker and you need to, to de, to de-thirstify, come get slaked by a sla- slacking. <laughs> We're slaking slakers here of all the hedge fund bush managers, the Bush's hedge fund managers. There you go. Those are all some favorite words I just recently reinvigorated on my own for myself. Hope you enjoy it too. You're going to love that inhale and the breath that comes out of it because this guest on the podcast is a person of fury. Not furious. I mean fury as in, as in his style of attacking the world and not attacking with with anger but with with fervor <laughs> with absolute uh non rancorous I had a word I had it there I almost had like a fucking Charlie Parker solo there uninterrupted notes spilling forth like a goddamn waterfall of brilliance but no I am not Charlie Parker, and I, my instrument here has not been rehearsed with the same caliber and, and intensity of, uh, of one Charlie Bird Parker, a great man, or such as John Train, Coltrane, both of whom are excellent jazz musicians who met on several dates to play jazz music together. This cat, this cat, this guest gets what I'm saying. He's down with this. He's down with the disease and not in the sense that he likes that fish song of the same name. Uh, there's a lot, there's some serious, there's some serious elocutions blasting forth. Um, and that, that's all you gotta know. Thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind and just, just settle in because I know you already have. You get it? You got it. You get it? Thank you for the materials. Speaking, how may I help you? Oh, Tony, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Good. This is Kevin. Um, calling about a couple of items here. Um, I have. I'm really working on a gift here for a good buddy of mine, and he does. Uh, he does a different ty- all different types of painting and stuff. Um, I'm trying to figure out what's a good place to start with something there. Do you know? Like, what, what do you recommend? Anything like a kit or something like? It's okay. Um, I'm not an artist, and so I wouldn't know what to recommend or anything like that. I just work in the ordering department. Okay. But we do have we do have artists on staff that you're more than welcome to speak with that can help and guide and to, you know help you figure out what you may need to use if you'd like to speak to one of them. You don't you don't do art, huh? I did, don't know. Did you ever do it, or you just it's not something that's a passion for you? I've never had no desire for it. Oh, really? Yeah, some people are that way. I'm, I'm that same way too, and I, it's it's hard to understand the artist. The artist brain can be bizarre, to say the least. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you must work. Do you work with a lot of them then? The artist types. I'm sorry. What's that? Do you, do you work with a lot of those artist types? Type of people. Uh, we did. Well, we have artists that are actually on staff that are professional artists. Yes. Got it. What's and we work with them daily, and so... Okay. 
So they would be a better job at recommending something, I guess. Um, yeah, because they actually work with our products that we sell, and they're more familiar with those. I just take orders basically okay. here in the ordering department. What, what do you do then if you don't do you do art? As far as what? In my own personal life? Oh, yeah. Do you have like a hobby if you don't do art? I sing. Oh, you do? Wow. I, can, I feel like I could tell that. You have their voice. I mean, these, these phones, the technology doesn't always come through, but some people, you hear their voice and you can tell there's like a, there's more to it than a normal voice. That's, that's, uh, that's admirable. That is art. That's yes, art in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I guess you could consider it an art. Yeah, a vocal art if you would. Some would say maybe it is the art. Yeah, that's true. The original art of of the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, it's the blessing to speak to, of speech. Um, well, that that's outstanding. Yeah, I've I've never uh, I've tried to do singing, but I just you know some people aren't blessed with that gift and something where. You know, so you know, you ever have to notice that where some people will try really hard at something, and it just doesn't work, and then other person who's good at it is they're not trying at all; they're just do it. You know what I mean? Yep, and that's that's exactly my position. I couldn't draw nothing. I, I'm lucky to draw a stick person. Oh, really? You give me a microphone. Yeah, you give me a microphone, buddy. I'll I'll let her rip. Yeah, that is great. My buddy Andy Kindler, he's he's the buddy of mine who I'm trying to get some procure some art stuff for he is he's he has a duality of him he he also can do microphone stuff um he just has a gift with the word he um like he like you said he let it lets it rip um yes sir yeah that is a real thing because people don't people don't realize that that's what you have to just come from a place uh deep down in you and just let it let it go forth it's kind of funny because I, I actually, you know, I mean, I, I do specials and stuff at church and mm -hmm. lead the congregational music and those kind of things. And a lot of the time I can't even sing a song without starting to have the tears just run down my face. Oh, that, that makes so much sense. Music is the most, music is the most, uh, of all things, it is the most passionate uh, thing. You can't, you can't explain it, what it is. There's some, it's, some, it's something where it goes inside of you and you just, you just feel it. And and it's like it's a collective experience because there's like this vibrations in the in the air that every, even people who can't sing who have who can't who sound like a frog got stomped on by another frog they feel it because it's that vibration that's coming through us all right mm -hmm. and you can't you can't explain it people people can't science can't explain it right mm -hmm. it's just un, yeah. unexplainable. A lot of the time I have people come up, like if I do a special or whatever, they'll come up and they'll say, well, I just don't understand. How is it that, you know, I mean, man, don't lose that passion. Don't, you know, and mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, it's just part of my makeup. It's who I am. So. That's good. Yeah, that's, you can't, yeah, you can't lose it. Sometimes it's, it is, some people do lose their way sometimes in terms of finding that passion. But when you tap into that passion, it's something where nothing, everything else falls away. All the. All the bad stuff falls away because you're in the moment there, and you're just—it's just going through you. It's a conduit of sorts. That's what—that's how—that's how I feel about it with um, 
Well, with my art, I feel that way, and I feel that I think that's the way with with my friend Andy here, who uh, he's just such a such a special guy that I want to be able to find something for him to that he can he can spread that shine that light, so to speak. And I think it's all about shining the light. You know, it's that yeah. thing where yeah, because we all have the light inside of us. It's just how do you, how do you get it out? And exactly. I think, yeah, and it, it goes across all all types of persons that are out there. There's no one, there's no one way to do it. Correct. Yeah. So yep. when you so use the gifts that you're talented with, and you, you gotta know, express your express yourself that way. You gotta hone them. You gotta hone them yeah. down like a knife, but for cutting good things, though, not for cutting anything bad. So, but do you have do you have any advice for people like that who are who are getting into um, things of like a singing nature or a talking nature? Uh, I mean, I don't know what you know. I mean, the one thing that I tell a lot of people, you know, a lot of time they'll say, "Well, I'm I'm fearful of that. I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to get up in front of people." And mm-hmm. I say, "Just do it." Right. You make that initial step. Take that initial step and just do it. And it'll come. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta do things. That's the thing. It's, it's a lot of people people uh, think about something a lot, and it gets it gets bogged down in the intellect. When the best things come from just the just the 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 truth. Mm-hmm. The truth Correct. of the moment. Yeah, that's the greatest yep. art. Yeah. No. Yep. No Loki tricksters. Exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. So do you want me to... Oh, go ahead, sir. Uh, I got to say, do you want me to get you over to our product information department and see if they can get you fixed up with some items that you may can use? That would be great. I would love to can you, to get some stuff I can to do can uses on for them. For Yes. Okay, give me just a moment. I'll transfer you right over, okay? Thank you. Because you you're losing six db now is it going now? Is it moving? We are going. We are uh, I'm ripping. very excited, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Johnny Pemberton. <laughs> are you sure we're going? Uh, I'm sure we're going. Yeah, I'm just monitoring the uh, recording level. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome good. to the Johnny Pemberton contest. No, let me check that again. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Johnny Pemberton podcast. I'm your host, uh, Johnny Pemberton. Today's guest, Andy Kindler. Hey, Randy Bimbler. Uh, how good good to be here. I see you're doing a little bit of a is that a honeydew or is that a cantaloupe? Ice, hey, do, do you ever, hey, ladies, hey, guys, does your husband ever give you a, does your hu- wife ever give you a honey-do list? <laughs> you know what I give her? You know what I say? Honey, don't. That's my Andrew Dice Clay Andrew light. Dice, oh, Andrew Dice Clay light. Fru- I, he's Andrew Dice Clay fruity. Yeah, Andrew Dice fruity Clay light. Because I'm eating melon. Here's my Andrew Dice Clay light. Don't tell me what to do, you <laughs> witch. Um. Oh, you want to get... Married? Well, guess what? Uh, how about we cantaloupe? <laughs> Boom. Now, do you want to do a formal introduction? Yeah. Well, no. I think I'll, I'll do. I like to do it post post fact. Oh, ex post facto. Yeah, ex post facto. Is that how, is that how you say it? ex post facto? If I had any actual information, right? Do you think I'd be here right now? I'd be over in the uh, grammatical hall of fame getting a plaque. <laughs> Uh, what kind of plaque is that exactly? Why you're not supposed to do that? Yes, and when you improv with someone, it's yes, and it would be a very nice plaque. Oh, I thought it was. That is an improv. I guess. I, I guess it's bad though because I did say ask a question. I'm supposed to ask questions. Okay, oh, one to more say, question. Though. How old are yeah. you? That's exactly. That's what the podcast is all about. 
Exactly. I thought you were going to do our, our time. Oh, I forgot. Right, okay. okay. Ready to do it again. Ready. Here we go. How old are you, Johnny? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you're presenting it vaudevillian exactly. style now. How old's the king? Who knows? Why did he get there? I've got a good idea. Maybe. You are. I just realized that you're timeless in many ways. Uh, what do you mean? Well, because like uh, the, uh, the, the kids into rap and hip hop. Right. Is any of that current? Um, they're into rap and hip hop. I think they're going to be into it for a long time, though. Generation Next. <laughs> uh, the young kids love you. They consider you one of their own. I don't know if that's true. I know I'm making that up. That'd be but cool, that, uh, no, is that actually a concern of yours that you know, that you're not appealing to the? You don't have any. Um, I've never. It seems to me when I look at you, when I saw you <laughs> yesterday, for example, in the bar. Right. Right. I was, was doing an interview. Oh yeah, in the bar, yeah, right? At the yeah. bar downstairs. I was doing an interview. Oh, right. One of the many interviews I've done here at the festival because there's just something very compelling about what I do well, and people want to know they, they want to know the sausage making in my case. They want to know the truth. The well, truth of the yeah, matter. That's what I do. Right. That's what I do. I'm not afraid to, I was just at a, I was just in a podcast or a radio show, I can't tell anymore, so where I was going okay. after Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like nobody's business, boom, doing my anti-Andy Samberg material, pow, oh, man. nobody backed me up. Do you think it made me feel weird that nobody was backing me up? Yes, because I thought, what if these people are indicative of the general uh, show business people, I'm going to get blackballed. I haven't seen that show. That's the way you should do it. Well, that's you, what I do. I just don't, I choose to, to not watch things... It's great because if you don't watch something, you can't have an opinion on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're the opposite way. You don't want to make waves. You just want to get. You just want to uh, get to the top, and you don't want to. <laughs> you want to. You don't want to ruffle any feathers. I like ruffling feathers, but sometimes it's the thing where uh, there's too many feathers to ruffle. Well, I love your tweet. I don't know how often you do these type of tweets, right? But I love your uh, a your fake anti-Obama tweets. Oh, right, those are fun to They're do. They're so good. <laughs> like misspelling everything. Misspelling to the point where, because normally, you see, the thing about it is, I'm kind of a my my sister's an education has been in education for 35 years, so I'm a little sensitive to uh, when people like I don't like when people online. Go after someone because they p forgot to put an apostrophe on your. Yeah, or, that's not a big There's a deal. lot of people who are literally dyslexic, and a lot, it doesn't always get caught by spell check. And I just think it's like a, but you t take it to a, a new art form. <laughs> you, your misspellings are are really capturing a certain segment of the, of the population who are attacking Obama. Yeah, because uh, he's and you know, and they all they think that he, they're 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 brighter than him too. It's pretty amazing to see that stuff. Though, anytime I get bored, I'll just love just type in that TCOT hashtag. And you just see some gems out there, such such gems. I thought it was when I first heard that that it was going to be the more uh, intellectual conservatives. Yeah, you think so? Because, but I guess being Twitter savvy now means basically nothing. It means nothing. Yeah, that's what I keep saying on the news about ISIS. Like, oh, they're 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 social media savvy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the worst yeah. thing that they beware. Say they're social media savvy. Like so is so is my grandmother. If she was alive, she would be like on there liking liking Facebook. ISIS has liked several Facebook posts. <laughs> and, and, you know what you're saying is so amazing because I'm listening to this thing yeah. and like uh, I, so like the government is, people are saying you know this is we have to take this seriously right. because these people's. This is good production values. Right, this is good not, production <laughs> value. <laughs> These right. are good production values. Oh, that's uh, the you know, they have good directors. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not agreeing with their message. I'm just saying we have to watch out for it. Right, because these guys have a production value that is... Yeah, their production values are excellent. Clearly, they've watched several of the recent David Fincher films and are taking notes. Like yeah. a lot of the, the uh, would-be terrorists say, you know what, I didn't want to get into terrorism. <laughs> the whole thing turned me off. 
But did you see the quality? <laughs> I can't argue with the quality of that. Yeah. Oh, that's just getting people in the door. That's what's, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, the message I, it wasn't resonating with me, but right. I just saw just the way that they put that lens flare in a place you wouldn't expect. And it. they care. It shows that they, uh, care, they care about production values. Yeah. I, and I think the, right now we all should be very concerned to stop them before they get more into 3D uh, filming. Oh, man. If they, st- if they get like a, one of those hologram machines. Yes. And we're just all fucked. On the other hand, I also don't enjoy the people who like to, well, I like to say, mix everything up in a bucket, people. Well, I just made that up. Oh, <laughs> George W. Bush. Like, in other words, because George W. Bush uh, invaded Iraq and ruined everything in the world, right. now we can <laughs> throw that decision in with anything else that happens. Oh, yeah, we're going to try and uh, save these people on the mountain? Oh, yeah, like George W. Bush did in 2003. <laughs> it's just like when people uh, win, win any argument by just saying the word drone. Obama, okay. drone. Right. Yeah, there's some... There's hey, some... that's my agent, <laughs> but he's on a bike. You suggested us doing this. Yeah, I know. I like it because I think it's fun to... Because you'll hear, you'll hear little pieces of street noise, and it's like a... You know, it's like in a show. Well, your whole thing is like a assemblage. Assemblage. You're uh, what is it when they uh, uh, mix up like things? Oh, uh, um, not mi- music, music concrete. No, that's something else, isn't it? Uh, uh, like you know, like when Tom Sharpling put puts together different snippets of songs. Um, I don't know. I guess like a mash, not a mashup. It's not. Oh, ma- it is kind of a mashup. Mega, I make a mashup. That's like a that's like a thing where you have two songs. You kind of like mash them together. What is that thing where I saw these these young kids sing and they were had such beautiful right. voices, and their whole thing was and they were really rocking it. Everything I say is sarcastic, but they do a thing where one person singing one song, another person singing another song against them at the same time. What's that called? Uh, chorus. I don't know. <laughs> we and we'll be back with two people, <laughs> and we'll each be one back. of which knows less than the other about that, lingo. That's some old like car talk joke. I remember hearing that a long time ago. Click and clack. Yeah, those guys had some collar on, and they were. I remember that was one of the first things I ever heard where I laughed about something that was an adult thing, where they were talking about how some some like really brilliant person had written in saying, criticizing them saying. Uh, it's is it possible that two people who know something can know less than one who knows nothing? <laughs> I'm always thinking about no, that. Who said that though? I think that's an old saying, but it's it's not a saying, but it's probably some right. some some brilliant Englishman, right? Some everything that's 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 yeah. clever that but that doesn't necessarily make you laugh out loud. It comes from the British, right? <laughs> yeah, that or um... I made that up. The British are hilarious. <laughs> Everything I say, you know, I'm getting a lot of backlash you right are? now. Right now, what's happening on Twitter? No. Oh, oh, I did it again on Twitter. You're better than me as a person. Well, I did it again. What'd you do? I have been giving lip service to the fact that um, I've now gotten over my problem of arguing with people on Twitter. Oh, so you stopped arguing with people on Twitter? Uh, uh, well, I did better at it. Okay. I'll go in for a couple of jabby, jab, jab, jabs. Yeah. But now this, and it always happens the same way. It's someone who I've been following, they're following me. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, they uh, get, it's, and it's always about uh, about uh, atheism or uh, uh, bashing Muslims or whatever the right. thing is. And then, then they bring Sam Harris into it, and the conversation's well, who's over. Who's Sam Harris? He's this guy who, who who finds obscure portions of the Quran and says, the core religion of Islam is terrible. Look oh, at okay. this portion of it. If they weren't terrible, would they? how do you explain this? Right. And, a, and, and a goat shall lie down with a duck. You know what <laughs> I mean? And it's, like, and, and, uh, it's all based on that anybody who observes religion must accept every written text that's 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's like saying that uh, all Christians are Amish or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I just I just uh, 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 seethe with rage. I blocked the person, but the worst part of it is the two hours I lost. Yeah, it is a thing. It's definitely a, it's a it's a real. It's not even a rabbit hole because rabbit holes I think would be fun. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you don't get involved with it at all, right? Yeah, I do, but I just don't get as much. I just am not as big on Twitter and don't get, get as much flack because I just typically. A lot of that stuff, I just I feel like I'm about to say something, about to say something. I read someone say this, meet someone say that, and then I'm just like, well, someone's already said the thing that I would say, and or I just can't think of a, an original take on it that also expresses my rage. Right, but you also are, I think, are uh, see my image of everybody is uh, like I saw you in the bar yesterday, and you were sitting alone. Sure, there was a hint of sadness to it. I was just exhausted. I had just woken up. Oh, go with my theory that you're a lonely person. You're a lonely person. You were said no one's no one's talking to me at the festival. I'll go hang out in the bar. I see Andy's doing an interview. Maybe if I sit if I sit silently near him. Oh, is that what? Oh man, Andy's Andy's my hero, and I I I, I patterned everything. You know, he he's the only one who gave me a shot. I couldn't have had even though I did movie roles before I met him. I still feel (laughs) I wouldn't have gotten those movie roles had I not met him afterwards. It was retroactive. No, but you seem like uh, my images of someone like you is that you're extremely well adjusted. Nothing bothers you. Um, I don't know. That's not always. That's not the case. I think it's become. I become. I've been meditating for like about almost a year now. I feel like that's helped a lot in terms of like adjusting the things. How do you do it? I do it. Uh, I do it. Um, for twenty minutes. I do transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. I do that, and it. Uh, yeah, I think that that's something that's helped me. Like in terms of, um. Things like not being a, as big a deal, like as big a things not not having as much of an impact that are negative, you know. Well, that's a time that's yeah. a time proven uh, method. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty uh, proven. Yeah. But you're also proving my point. Well, you're not even trying to prove a point. But my whole argument, and believe me, I'm not sick of hearing myself say the same thing over and over again. It's the others. But the point is, is that when you're meditating or any right. form of anything like this, right? What you're doing is. You're doing something that does something to you. Uh, it does something. It gets you out of your mind, gets you to look at things, gets you less attached to yeah. uh, what's passing through your mind. You know, slows like, uh, down. Slows down. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is that all these like angry atheist people, they don't understand that uh, like 90% of what someone like me means by spir- spirituality is just simply things that you're doing. Right. That sh- that it's like... Do you need a double-blind experiment and a proof of a 40-year study <laughs> before you're going to uh, do TM? No. no. Yeah. No. Uh, are you hurting someone because you don't have enough data to show that it will be helpful? Of course not. And right. there's so many things like, I, you know, I take in martial arts in my life, and I, I watercolor, and I paint, and I do all these things. There, It's a way of getting into your mind that isn't the thinking, thinking mind. Yeah, because thinking is kind of terrible. And that's what a lot of these, and you wouldn't believe how many of these atheist websites, they're just like all based on, based on the fact that they're an atheist. That's what, I couldn't yeah. I can't imagine organizing, I couldn't even make a uh, one of my uh, eight emails <laughs> about something so trivial as you right. saying that I don't believe in anything, any concept that anybody could have about spirituality or anything. Right. And they're all stupid for doing it. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. It's pretty absurd to think that because uh, even if you just use like the most like reductive logic, you get to a point where there's you don't understand what's going on. If you like either macro or micro, yes, I, we're like well something has to be going on here, and it's science. 
science is is saying the same thing that spirituality is saying is that there's there's something here that we don't know what's what it is. So right. so how can you ascribe anything? How can you say something's not there? When if you don't can't say something is there? Yeah, that's the whole thing too. Like to yeah. me, I feel like we have consciousness. We're conscious. Mm-hmm. Right. It seems to me that this conscious, there's something to this consciousness. Right. If the universe made no sense at all, why are we trying to constantly make sense out of it? Right. <laughs> and why are people? And the thing is, there's nothing scientific about saying that there's nothing other than science. Right. Like that's just a ridiculous. There's nothing yeah. scientific about going. I know my theory is I don't believe in anything. That anybody believes about anything, even though I don't know what it is, right. until it's proven to me. So yeah, it's like going to a restaurant and just um, sitting there and be like, I, I don't want anything. It all, so this is all crap. Right. I'm gonna sit here. <laughs> I'm yeah. You prove it to me. You have to prove to me that that burger is tasty. Well, you have to eat it, sir. I, no. I won't eat it. What's what, what? On what basis would I eat that burger? <laughs> on what basis would I eat that burger? Without, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I, you know, I need some uh, kind of a tangible proof. Now, how would you say? <laughs> my concern is that people, you're, but I've been finding different things out because I right. think you're. I consider you a young person, Johnny. I guess I'm a young person to some extent. How about people your age? Would you say that they they wouldn't even use the word spirituality, or they don't even care one way or the I other? Know. Or what would you say? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. You're the know. voice of your generation. Don't forget. Uh, yeah, I told. I forgot about that. I'm, I am the. I'm speaking for, for countless millions and billions. I wish you would say I speak for before you say everything. I speak. Well, I, I speak for the rest well, of the nation. I speak for the rest of the nation when I say that uh, poo poo. Uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I speak for the rest of my generation when I say that. Uh, I think spirituality may be coming to uh, forefront not forefront but something that people think about more because of sort of the diminishing returns of technology to some extent oh that's interesting and that's what this uh this uh well she was younger than you she was like 24 right and she was saying the same thing that friend you people her age they may not you know i think the problem with organized religion is how it it doesn't appeal to people in many ways well it's old it's like it's it's, old it's it's it hasn't you have to be progressive in all things. And yes. If something stops being progressive, it's it stops uh, it stops being useful because it's not adapting to the the. Everything has to be progressive. Right. Yeah. Now, how, now, uh, when did now? Um, oh, you want? I was going to interview you, but uh, okay. Go for I, it. I don't know. I see <laughs> you all of a sudden burst onto the scene like a like a shining meteor, uh, or or I need to get a class of metaphors and analogies. Yeah, I'm, my metaphors a, are are dying. But I remember seeing you at a festival, and right. I know I thought I knew you, but it was because I recognized you from movies. Are you sure? I think so. Because I feel like no one recognized me from movies except for um, like ten year old girls. I I am a ten year old okay. girl, in my soul. Really? There's no way that a conver- that me going on this riff for um, longer than a minute can somehow not end up badly. <laughs> Okay, the premise is, Andy, you're a 10-year-old girl. Right. See how you can twist that into something that would be taken the wrong way very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but then why do I thought I knew you? And then I was like... Probably just from hanging out. And then I saw your stand-up, and I was like, where has this guy been all my life? I think I just and I've, there. And I, and I, uh, I, I've any time I've had you on the show, any show I've done... I'm not saying again that I'm completely responsible for your career, but largely. <laughs> and it's just like, I love it. I love watching you. I love the way your mind thinks. Well, that's what that's what this is all about. It's just about mutual respect. It's a love a love fest. Yeah, it's just it's like a yin and a yang. It's like a yang and a yin. It's just that you know a fish chasing another fish. 
Out of water. Out, in water. Because they can oh. go all directions. Yeah, it's that basically. Now, I've asked you many times, but where'd you spring? You sprang out of what, uh, where was your thing? How'd you get into Comedy? I started doing comedy in LA. And you're from? From Minnesota. Oh. Yeah. I didn't start doing comedy there. Everyone's like, oh, you know this this guy and Acme and all stuff. I'm like, no, I wish I did. Oh, yeah. and why do they always have that same kind of uh, arrogant, you know, angry oh. kind of... Oh, I don't know if it's that. Maybe it's just me putting hmm. it on there because I'm like pissed that I didn't start in Minnesota. I'm well, I like, think you oh. also like, you're a man of a thousand voices. Yeah, I like them voices. I like them. I'm going to turn the podcast over to back to you okay. as the host. So you're Jewish. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, it is you, very true. Did you grow up Jewish, like going to synagogue and everything like that? I did go to synagogue, but I grew right. up reform. Okay. What's the difference between that and reform is the most progress, most liberal, right? Right. You know? There's three sects. Okay. There's three. Well, first of all, I've learned not only that, you know, there's Sephardic Jews and right. Ashkenazic Jews yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know much about that, except the Sephardic Jews that can kiss my ass. No. Those uh, uh, reform is the most... The reform is really like the other forms of Judaism make fun of the reform. So they think, okay. oh, you have no customs or culture. But right. the kosher people are the most uh, rigid, right. or however you want to see it. Hardcore. And, yeah, and they even do things like, well, I did a joke because I, I played an Orthodox Jewish wedding where the men were separated from the women. Right. But they both came together to not enjoy what I was talking about. <laughs> And that was a so that's my image of 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 Orthodox Jews. Right, the, the Orthodox Jews, they don't make me. It's not like I see like someone with a Hasidic outfit, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm frightened about it. But I find it, I don't really understand the basis of yeah. the religion. And then sometimes some Orthodox Jews are very also right wing too. Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird thing. I I I mean, I kind of was like. Really late and learning about Judaism whatsoever because where I grew up is just the most. I mean, it's about as white as it can possibly get, like in every aspect of the world. Was that downtown Minneapolis? Or? No, no, in Rochester, Minnesota, which is south. Oh, of Minnesota. where where the, the Mayo, Mayo Clinic, Clinic is. Yeah, so yes. there's a lot of smart people, a lot right. of people from all over different cultures, but they're all doctors and all scientists, so they're all just sort of consumed in science and and there's no like I I knew almost I knew very few people. Who were not white, like very few, and so, let alone Jewish. <clears throat> let alone Jewish. I didn't even understand what it meant to be Jewish until I think after college. Even I was like, oh, I understand. Like, there's like a person who I've been friends with, like different. I had different friends who are a certain way, and I'm like, oh, this person's great. I like love this person, and then I realized, like, oh, that person's Jewish. I didn't right. realize that yeah. until like years and years later. Like, oh, this person's. Like I get, I understand that now. Like, yeah. It's like, it's cause well, it's like you a, know the guy who was saying to you, Johnny, yeah. I enjoy what you're doing for, <laughs> right. with the fakakta. This, would you like some kafilta fish? Would you like some stuffed derma? <laughs> stuffed Years derma. later, <laughs> I said yes. He was constantly saying to me, I'm going to a Jewish temple now, Johnny. And still, now it all fits together. And that one time when he said, Johnny, do you realize I'm a Jew? It's still somehow. Where'd you go to school? Uh, like college. Yeah, yeah. I went to college at Florida State. It's a, it's oh, that, a, so now this is a whole other Johnny I don't know about. Yeah, that's a Florida guy. Hey, Why didn't you call yourself Florida Johnny as a because, bat? Because. Cause I just not like I I met so many serious rednecks down there that I can't even possibly compete. That was a terrible ex experience. No, it was great. It was awesome. You went to best. FSU. Yeah. So those are the Gators. That's the Seminoles. That's what I meant. Yeah. 
Uh, the Seminoles are not as good as the Gators now? Um, Who's no, the, they're the best, actually. Oh, they're the best. They just won everything. Who's the guy's uh, Spurrier? Who was he that's with? That's the Gators. Oh, yeah, that's okay. that's the guy who blows his top. Steve Spurrier. How do you know about that? Uh, I got into college. Fo- I'm, a big, okay. I'm a big sports fan really? with the caveat that I have lost the uh, day-to-day ac- you know, knowledge okay. of, like I'm a huge Jets, fa- Jets fan. You were about to but- say acumen, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was okay. about to say acumen. That's a good word. I never use it. But you know, sometimes like I think I'll go on a sports show, <laughs> right? And then, uh, and I want to. W- I wish I can get in the mix. But right. you really, I'm learning now to really get in the mix. You have to have some knowledge of who the current players are, right? So you got to. Yeah, I have no no knowledge whatsoever. I just know nothing. But I do know uh, for some. Uh, my wife's my wife's whole family were USC fans. Okay. So I started to get into USC, but my dad went to Indiana. So when I was a kid, I was a big Indiana fan. I've always loved football. It's my favorite sport. So I go in and out, in and out. with Like, right. but like last year, I was rooting. Who won last year? Uh, the national championship? Yeah. Florida State. Right. Yeah. But I was rooting for that other team. They looked like they were going to win. Auburn, yeah. They was really it was, close. That was a heartbreaker. I was there. You were there? I was there. As the as a, the a comedian celebrity, and you sang the national anthem. Uh, yes. <laughs> did you do the halftime? Did you no. do comedy at the halftime show? No, I just went to the show. I went to the football show it, because you're an alumni. No, my one of my good friends who I went to school with, he is a huge football fan. He said he was going, and I was like, I kind of just want to go because it's fun to go to those things because it's just it's such like a, you know, it's one of those, it's like it's like live comedy. Yes. Where it's a thing where you don't even have to like football to enjoy a championship game because it's this thing where there's like a thrum of excitement where you just can't help but. That's so cool. Where you were know, you sitting? Uh, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. I don't remember. I think I'm like the. I can't remember now. And were you going I'm, nuts? Yeah, we had, we were going nuts. Yes. Yeah, so in other words, okay. So you did not feel one bit bad for the other team, right? Well, no. But uh, the thing is, is they were super happy to have lost in the way they did. I think because it was like a thing where Florida State just they we we thought they they were going to lose. Like we were sure Florida it looked State was like they should have. The other team should have won. Yeah, absolutely. Who was, was the other team again? Auburn. Oh, Auburn. Yeah. Right. And Auburn had lost a game early. Is that what happened in the year? Um, I guess so. Florida State was undefeated the entire season. So. Yeah, but that's because they have an easy schedule. It's like Penn State in the old days. <laughs> you pay, what do you play? Well, you were in an easy conference. I guess and, so. <laughs> no, you're okay. in the you're in the toughest conference now, right? Well, I don't know. It's the SEC, right? So it's. Uh... And we'll be back with two people, <laughs> one of whom should know more about the sport because he went to the college, yeah. and the other guy. Who uh, keeps saying, were you sad when the other team won, <laughs> lost? Two people who know something, knowing less than one who knows nothing. But now, is Steve Spurrier kind of a, a known for being a, a jackass, what did I say? I don't know. I think everyone, any, from my experience from going to Florida State, anyone who is not at Florida State is an asshole jackass. Because that's how they was like, this fucking guy, he sucks. Because <laughs> that's how they, and everything, there's all this, uh, what do you call it, propaganda against other teams. It's so fierce. I have fruit stuck in my teeth. And I just Me did too. something that I would never do at a restaurant. I, I took my thumb, I shoved it halfway down my throat to try and remove a uh, pineapple strand. I played the school. Oh, you did? I just, you had something going. I was about to say, I have had a blueberry seed stuck in my teeth for three years. I don't want to complain. <laughs> I don't want to complain, complain, but, but I got a I, I got a pomegranate stuck in my pumpkin. <laughs> I got a piece of uh, melon larger stuck than the uh, Harry Potter series. It's with, lodged. What's that? It's lodged. lodged. Now, you were telling me before we recorded that you don't agree with his politics, but you can't get enough of Dennis Miller. 
Oh my god, are you when serious? You, I love the sandbag. Did I you. say that? You were telling me before the show oh. that um, <laughs> you're not didn't you didn't love Lee Harvey Oswald, <laughs> but you just felt he had an interesting point of view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bullet, the point yeah. of view, of the bullet. You tell you told me before the show <laughs> that look. I just like Charles Manson's music. That's the only comment I'm going to make. His hair. It's his hair. You really, like you know? his hair. Because yeah. he, kid, not, the, not what he did, but the kids today should learn the charisma is half the, is half the battle. Um, I will say, to stand back myself, I don't agree with what Bill O'Reilly has to say, but sometimes I like the way he says it. <laughs> um, but you mean that on an entertainment level? Yeah, but to, it's weird. I th- I find him to be sort of like an interesting personality because I, I feel like you can see his uh, you can see his per- you can see through him easily. Right. So, so you, it's totally you mocking him though. It's not like you're going to be no, a Bill no, O'Reilly. Not, not totally though, because I feel like uh, I can, I remember, remember when Obama won that he was genuinely touched. He really was because he, as much as he is like a bastion for the right and like a. I don't think I used that word correctly, but he's like a, an apologist for a lot of right wing stuff. Yeah. He's also has somewhat of a heart because he's like a, he's a good Irish Catholic boy. You know what I mean? You don't think that's all shtick? I don't think it is. I think, I think he's got a huge ego. He's got a fucking massive ego. If you read any of his books, I read his first book. <laughs> I didn't read it, listened to it on tape while driving from Florida to Minnesota to go to a rave with some friends. <laughs> but, uh, he talks, he mentions his height like 17 times throughout the book. Well, not 17, like constantly. Every chapter he mentions that I rose to my full height of six foot five. And he talks about how he used to date a different woman every week. So he's got this huge ego. Yeah, he's one of those people who like, I just think I'm sort of fascinated by his personality. Yeah. Because he seems to, he's so emotional. You know what I mean? He's such an emotional guy. I think that you share, I mean, that's why I think in a lot of ways the Colbert character, although I think Colbert, oh, I love Colbert. Like, oh, he's the greatest. The greatest. He's the greatest. The greatest. But the, he's, he's like ex- extended the character, and, and sometimes the reason why I think he's going to be great. And boy, I think it was, you know, because I'm, you know, Letterman to me is, is my hero. And I think the thing that's so great about this was that I think Letterman really loves Stephen Colbert. Right. And, it is, and as opposed to Leno, Conan trying to win the audience that Leno dumbed down. Yeah. Because uh, that should have been David Letterman's position. And then Conan had difficulty because Jay Leno couldn't have made things uh, more. Uh, uh, just flat. Flat and just the easiest comedy ever. Yeah. Um, but so, but the thing about Bill O'Reilly is that uh, I only find that kind of, I mean, I, yeah, I think he's more entertaining than Rush Limbaugh, who's just an out and out racist yeah. and to me is not even funny or interesting. Great voice, though. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great rustling of papers. Great rustling of papers, incredibly expensive microphone. Yeah. And well, also, the thing I like about him is that he does believe in. Ent- Excellence in broadcasting. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't call his company that. Andy Keller. He's here now. He's talking to me. He's got a a point of view that's pretty far out. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> Is that your Rush Limbaugh? Kind of, yeah. I used to accidentally listen to him in the mornings a lot because I listened to Coast to Coast AM in the car. You mean with Art Bell? Uh, well, it's now with George Norrie, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Now, is that also like you just love it because it's so crazy? Yeah, kind of. But it's like a thing where it's fun to listen to somebody who's just been talking into a microphone for 25 years who just is like his voice is just uh, it's just fun to hear him speak. 
Yeah. It's like listening to like a train, you know, like, like you know, if you could watch a train go by, it's just kind of hypnotizing because it's just a thing. It's so you can't stop it. And it has like a has a sound that's kind of a I feel like Rush Limbaugh's voice is the same way. He's just this lumbering thing that is a. Uh, but he moves regardless to what the world thinks of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's so. I mean, those guys are so tough for me to listen to because I, the, when I when talk radio went from because to me the thing that's so great about podcasts uh, is that it reminds me of how like radio went, was when I was a kid. There were yeah. like people talking and actual having discussions. Totally. Whereas to me, Rush Limbaugh is that whole symbol of that. When right wing radio took over, which is just it's just impossible to listen to, and also there's too many commercials. Even if you're enjoying right. it as a guilty pleasure, he's just a preacher. He's basically just a preacher. Yeah, but I also think he's a he's just a huckster. Yeah, he definitely is. He, I mean, he's definitely, yeah, he's found a way to 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 winnow down a message to this to the simplest way possible. To the best way to describe Rush Limbaugh, and this is like super embarrassing. But when I was like, I think maybe in fifth grade or fourth grade, somehow I got a hold of one of his books and I was into it. And it's that, the fact that I was that young and was able to like get, like read this and be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Right, yeah, is, yeah. Is, a, is like a fucking te- testament to how how stupid his writing is. <laughs> like that a, was at that at level. Yeah, a kid can like get behind this message that he knows. Like I knew nothing about anything, nothing about yeah. anything at all. But I'm like, oh, these these feminazis. <laughs> Honestly, I remember thinking that. Like, ugh. now how your your par- uh, your parents conservative or no, not at all. But and did they know you were liking this stuff, or they didn't even pay attention? I think to they it? did, but those things was one of those things where. Um, I'm not really sure. I, have, I should ask my parents about this, but I think it was one of those things where maybe they thought if they tried to dissuade you, it would make you more into it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, they, oh, we've got, we've got a fucking Ralph Reed Republican son now. <laughs> and I, we don't know. We don't know what happened. That's what I always think about. Like, I have all these friends who are, you know, they're real progressive types. I'm just thinking, you're, you're going to have the most conservative kids. Right. Yeah. Well, up, that's man. the uh, Michael J. Fox thing on the old. Uh, oh, really? Oh, uh, well, whatever oh, that show oh, yeah. was called? Uh, Family Ties, right? Yeah, yeah, Alex that was P. the whole Keaton. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was super conservative, right? Uh, but. I don't even know what we're talking about. Bill O'Reilly. Oh, you know who else was a conservative uh, when he was a. Uh, I just found out when he was a kid was right. Adomian. Really? Yeah, that for, makes sense to yeah me. for a time period, he was very. And now he's completely the opposite way. Well, it's easy. That's the thing about that whole message is a lot of it's really. it's It makes sense. It's very simple. There's all these answers that are ready, readily available. Um, that are just—it's easy to do. It's easy. It's easy, an easy platform to adopt. So it makes sense that why that that's the case. Well, the yeah. the the other thing that's that's amazing about it is, you know, I never could have fallen into that because I was like influenced by the '60s and wanted to be a hippie. Right. And I was like, but uh, when you look at the core issues of any of these things that they're talking about, like right. you know, feminazi, but right. then you go back a couple of generations, uh, women couldn't vote. Right. You know? <laughs> Woman uh, would, would could couldn't even compete in the marketplace in terms of yeah. getting a job. So it's like for them to go so far to this point now, where it's really they really actually at their core don't want women to vote and don't want women to have jobs. Yeah, it's it's they're they're just fucked. I think I don't know. I yeah. feel like they're they're just um, who knows what's going to happen to that because the Republican Party is really. They're just so so splintered. But I really kind of think in my heart of hearts that no matter what anyone can do, we're going to have a Republican president next. You really do believe that? I think so. I think it's just going to happen. It's going to be one of those things where 
um, just it's gonna be one of those weird twists of fate where because they, they don't want want Hillary or something. Or? Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like a default. Like, oh no, we forgot to have a have a, a Republican candidate. president. Yeah, it's just gonna be like, oops. Oh well, I guess it's Republican because because <laughs> uh, you know like how how Airbud is able to play basketball. Like, well, the rules don't say a dog can't play basketball. Yeah. So yes, I never like- saw that movie. <laughs> And I, it's one of those movies that it's like uh, you don't have to go on it. with the wind. <laughs> it's going with the wind. If you don't see it, if you don't watch Citizen Kane and you don't watch Air Bud, you feel like you haven't really fleshed out <laughs> your movie. Uh, Air How Bud. can I say I'm a, a, a movie fan and have no idea about Michael Jordan? Never saw the movie with Michael uh, Air Jordan. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Is no, that a movie? Spaceballs. No, he's, oh, I haven't seen Space Space Jam X. I haven't seen Space Jam X. I haven't seen Space Jam XV. Yeah, but that's XVI. not your generation. That's not your generation. How old are yeah, you? It is. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Callbacks, everybody. Bing, now you started stand up in Florida. No, in in, in L.A. Oh, you yeah. told me that already. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good thing this is a, a test to see if I'm Compass Mentos. Right. Compass Mentos. <laughs> so you went to just it's a college, but you, I, I want you to have a story like and then I and then I was in my junior year, I was walking down the quad, <laughs> the and quad. they said humor night. This Thursday. Oh, and I'll try. I figured I'm funny. I'll sign up and try to do it. And it was a disaster. But I knew I was funny. So, yeah. You don't have any no. of those. No, not at all. I, so, uh, what, so you graduated, and and then what was your plan then? Uh, or maybe you didn't graduate. I did graduate. What was your major? Uh, it was communications. Interesting that we're worthless. having trouble bridging our ideas. I think we are. No, I'm kidding. This is a mind. Uh, so then you moved, uh, and you, was your family in Florida? No, I was oh. from Minnesota. I know. I get it. I've just figured it out. Let me make a note of this. Often when people go to college... They go far they away. They go away. Right. They go away. <laughs> I get it now. You got it. Yeah, that's what happened, basically. Were you a player? What do you mean, like a basketball? You with the ladies? No. Were you no. a sport? Were you an athlete? No. Not, I did radio, man. I did the college radio station. Uh, were you, like, popular in around school? In, in high school or college? You did both. No, there's no. I went to a Catholic high school. There was tiny, ca- tiny, terrible Catholic high school. Okay, now like do, a, do a hack joke about it right now. I didn't want to say my high school was too Catholic, but God, I don't even know. I've I tried to do one there night because there's so many Catholic people here in Canada. You can talk about that shit. I'll write some it. stuff yeah. for you today. Yeah, write me some stuff. Write me some good good jokes about Catholic Catholicism. I mean, there's this the same one everyone always says is uh um. I used to be, I'm not Catholic because I used to be, ca- uh, what is it? It's like, you know, um, people say, are you Catholic? Uh, yeah, but you don't go to church. And it's like, exactly, I'm Catholic because oh. I <laughs> didn't want to be Catholic, but now I'm an adult, so I'm not Catholic. <laughs> didn't want to, I've know. always felt like people's uh, material, uh, even non-comedians material about their Catholic material is weak. I think it needs to be punched yeah. up. I think it does. I think it needs to be punched up by a Jew. I'll try it now. I say, yeah, I'll try it now. I'll, I'll put myself in the role okay. of a Catholic. You know, uh, I, I, I'll tell you I was raised Catholic, and, I, and you asked me, uh, am I still Catholic? Yeah, you know, I was raised Catholic, Johnny. Oh, so you're still Catholic? <laughs> what do you... Th- no, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> I mean, bingo! <laughs> I'll, I'll try, to, try it to me. Ready? Okay, so were you raised Catholic, Johnny? Yeah. And what are you now? Uh, not Catholic. Because <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Right. So oh. you're raised Catholic. Are you still Catholic? Um, did you hear what I just said? Hello? Yeah, right. Should I repeat it? Wong, wong. Obviously, you're not Catholic if you didn't find that hilarious. Exactly. Is the Pope Catholic? Because I uh, got a bridge to sell you. 
And uh, right, I ha- I have a joke that I think is um, I don't know why I don't win a war. Uh, I want to know why. First of all, I'm I'm not getting a Mark Twain award. Oh, who gets Mark Twain? Jay awards? Leno got one this year. No, he didn't. Are you serious? Yes, he got one. He did. He got the Mark Twain oh. award. I think it's going to be televised at one who point. Who else got? I mean, Richard Pryor got one, right? I believe he did. Well, I I always get confused between congr- when they give those medals out. Yeah, because he got one. I think who else has got? Who else in the comedy community has won a Mark Twain award? I don't Is know. Is it only Mark, only comedians? I want to say Whoopi, but I don't know. I just always assume yeah. Whoopi. I like Mark Twain so much. It's like a thing where yeah. to even think about that. How, have you read a lot of Mark Twain? A lot, yeah. I love oh, that's him. pretty cool. He's the best. Uh, you know, I have, I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not that familiar with his stuff. Well, it's never too late. What would you say your favorite book is? Um, Probably... Probably... Uh, I don't know. I just re- fin- almost finished Idiots Abroad. And, sorry, An Innocent Abroad. No, A Tramp Abroad. That's oh. pretty amazing. All of his travel log stuff is great because it's the stu- it's like interspersed with little stories, and he's telling all this factual stuff, and he's his the way he colors stuff is amazing because he's just such a fucking cynical bastard sometimes. But yeah, he's, he's making jokes that hold up. It's almost a hundred and fifty years after he's made these jokes, and they totally he's talking about the awkwardness of. Um, talking to someone in a restaurant who's recognized you but you don't know their name but they know yours like, talking about, he's talking about that like very plainly and he didn't even have cable back then <laughs> he didn't even have cable so, but, but when you so you've read a lot of them yeah so you get the, you get the Jay Leno Mark Twain co- uh, connection a lot more now you can yeah. see the similarities oh yeah because he's just so good the wry at, uh, sense of humor the, yeah super yeah you know being um, Mark Twain a person who's probably an alien because he was so prescient and have his time, and Jay Leno, who uh, same sort of thing, where just he's so he just so ahead of everyone, and not afraid to uh, yeah, not afraid to write um, just thousands upon thousands of pages of the best written words in the English language, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, nothing like that. But you know, he did uh, 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 he did have a large. Uh, there are similarities because Mark Twain had a large collection. Of vintage steamboats, <laughs> and he was famous for his Twain walking bit. <laughs> his Twain walking. Now that's right from my act, Johnny. I know you told me before the podcast, please don't do anything from your act, and yeah. I, I violated that that rule. Nothing blue, nothing Hasidic. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said it before. You said Hasidic. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm I have the background. That's I great. Have the uh, I have the bona fides. It's a chutzpah. That's true. You have the uh, the spiel. You couldn't play. I don't know if I, you could play a Jew. Have you been asked to play a Jew? Um, I have, and I just lie and say, "Yeah, I'm Jewish." Let me hear you do your Jewish accent. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I'm. I just grew. You know, I grew up in St. Paul. I'm just a Jewish guy, Jewish kid from St. Paul. So, what is it like to be a hugely successful actor who you don't even need the comedy? Well, that's not true. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. I was trying to set up a scenario okay. that I wished was true about you. It's pretty true. You've been in five movies, right? Six movies. You've been in some movies, yeah. It's pretty good. But, you know, comedy is the best, right? Do you still believe that? Yeah, because yeah. it's the thing where, I mean, you have control over it. It's your, it's your product. Right. When you're doing a movie, you're doing someone else's thing. Essentially, you get a lot of credit for, for being on screen and saying things, but it's really someone else's thing it's it's an ensemble thing but when you do stand up that's just you pretty much you know it's did you, you. Do, did you enjoy when you've done movies have you enjoyed do, doing them Were oh, they it's fun? the best it's great but there's still nothing's ever as good as when you have a, a really fun awesome set on the alternative show nah, yeah I like that what's wanna, in the works for you got something in the works um 
I'm supposed to ask you these questions. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I got nothing in the works. I don't oh, think so. Ask me if I have something in the uh-huh. works. What do you, so, Andy, do you have anything in the works? Always got stuff going, Johnny. What's, what, what's That's why my you know my advice to young comedians is. What is your advice to young comedians? Don't don't listen to advice from anybody who says things like you know what I tell young comedians. Okay. Yeah, like that kind of a thing. <laughs> no, everything's percolating. I mean, I have barely had time to fit this in because uh, I usually every day I have a uh, I do like a jam session with my you know. I take out objects and put them on my table. <laughs> Two hours, ask the kids today, they don't have the discipline I have. So I'll just look at something and I'll say, you know, fork and a plate. What's funny <laughs> about that? Fork and a plate. They don't call them, they don't call them, why do they call them plates? Because I ate something on them. And that, that's not, that, that's not funny. But two, if I funny. put three, four, five, six hours into that, you get a gem. And if you stack it, if you stack and you, it, and you perform it, the Kindler style. Yeah. How did you start? How did the alternative show come about? The alternative show came about because uh, I started to go to Montreal probably right after the, as the comedy boom. Because I don't know, you don't remember this because you're too young, but in the late 80s and early 90s, everyone was getting development deals. From if you were a right? friend of a comedian, they go, Who are you? I'm just his friend. You get a thirty thousand dollar development deal. Who were some of the people who you knew who were in part of that whole thing? Well, I mean, I wasn't really close to Tim Allen, but he got it. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, and Ray Romano got us. uh, Got everybody loves uh, Raymond, but that was also because Letterman really thought he was funny on the Letterman show, and it just was a time period where. That you know, it was popular within the industry to go. Oh, right. that's what we'll do. We'll take a hot stand up, and uh, like they, you know, I had meetings where they go, you know, you you yell, you say negative things about other comics. Right. Maybe you could be in an office. That's the show. Right. You say bad things about your coworkers. That you know, so that 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 was and the and it was also the time period where, like, if they came to see you, they would be confused because. You, you're not in your act saying, I like to use uh, tools. I, uh, you know, you don't paint a simplistic picture okay, like a of a person they could take. Right. But then that, that died in like a, so that all went away. What do you think, what do you think, do uh, you think it was just time that ended it or was it something? Because it's just it's like a, it was like a fad essentially, right? So it's I just, think the concept is bogus. The right. concept being, it shouldn't be a movement. The reason why Roseanne show, which I thought was real, I mean, I didn't love the later years of it, but I thought the show was hilarious, was yeah, great. Roseanne was a hilarious comedian, right. and they found, and she happened to be, come from a blue-collar background, so it worked. That was but a nice you, dynamic, the, too, the casting and everything. Yeah, the yeah. casting was amazing, and, and, and so that should, that, should, that should still be, it's, a, it's like people going, like I always crack up people going, I like multi-camera shoots. Or, you know, I, I like three camera shows. That's not the reason why you should like a show, you know? Yeah. All in no. the family worked. I, it was a brilliant show. It was filmed like a play, mm-hmm. and it worked that way. But you, it's like when, it's like when Louis did Lucky, Lucky Louis. Right. It was ludicrous. We go, HBO's doing multi camera. Mm-hmm. Don't, who cares how you're shooting it? Yeah, it's it either funny. Matter. So either when you go either way on the pendulum of like, oh, now I, you know, then everyone said, oh, if it's single camera, it's great. No laugh track is great. It's not true at all. Yeah, it could yeah. be terrible without oh. a laugh track. It's like even worse. Sh- it could be even worse because you're yeah. like, uh, I almost want to hear something. Some gui- give me some guidance. <laughs> Tell me where to go. I'm in a hospital bed right now. Help me. 
please show me where show me the lights. I don't want to work this hard. Is this so, comedy? I can't tell what channel this is. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me know what, what kind of genre this is as the IV drip is going. <laughs> well, yeah, and so that's what that's when I uh, went to Montreal. Ninety five was right when it was still happening, but and then comedy had become so homogenized and kind of uh, terrible in a way because it was like a it was like a gold rush, right? Okay, and all these comics were the and still I. Think there's a lot of justice in the universe because a lot of comedians I work with were crowd pleasing, or that's all they cared about was yeah. being crowd pleasing. But that's no ticket to anywhere necessarily. Mm-mm. The fact that you can kill in a club setting, whereas like I would bomb a lot of times in the club setting, right. that didn't mean that they. Not that it matters where you go, right. but it's just that the, if the fact that you've learned to manipulate a crowd into laughs, yeah, is not necessarily a, a, a recipe for, uh, for anything, but. Just like I couldn't even do it because it would get boring it's like after a while. Temporary success, and so that's what the alternative show started because there wasn't in New York and L.A. There was an alternative comedy movement in the early '90s, which was basically people who couldn't get into mainstream clubs anymore, right? Uh, like people like me or Janine Garofalo or Kathy Griffin and all these different people, and we formed this alternative scene both in New York and L.A. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where it started. But now people may find the name because I feel like almost. All the comedy is alternative. I mean, comedy yeah. is great now that way. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So I guess what does it mean to be alternative now? Well, it never meant what people's either who didn't like its concept was. Right. And everything was based on truth because there is a certain snobbery sometimes to quote alternative crowds. Right. And that makes them no better than bad crowds of the old 90s days. Right, yeah. But... I think if there's any organizing principle is that you try, like like my, my show, I would like it if people were trying out stuff mm-hmm. on it as opposed to I'm going to do stuff that's tried and true. You said something about the truth, though, just a minute ago, and that made, made me think that that's like, that's, that's to me, I guess, I think it's part of what alternative comedy is, it's being, it's being truthful. So that's not, that kind of makes sense to me. I don't I, I, I str- kind of struggled with that myself. I'm like, what? I don't even know what it means. Anymore. I'm not even sure what it means. But I know sometimes when I see someone, I'm like, I get kind of like, ah, I got, what do you call it? Like a, like I cringe because I'm like, that person is not telling the truth right now. They're definitely lying about something. Yeah, I can see to, what you mean. To, for, the, for the effect of comedy, but not lying in like a comedic sense, like where obviously this is a false, like a, like a story I'm telling, but lying like this happened to me. And it didn't, definitely didn't happen or something yeah, well, like that's, that. Uh, well, what you're putting your finger on is uh, that what you probably don't like is manipulation. Yeah. You know, but it's a weird thing because you could be coming out and when you're doing your thing, it's not, you're not doing anything like you're saying that's the truth. Right. Uh, but the truth is that it's, you're doing something interesting. So it, it, right. it wouldn't, when the, when you're questioning someone's truth, it's really because they're using Mm-hmm. Deception as a way to get the laugh. Yeah, I guess I think I mean more in terms of like the truth of the moment, or because I think you can be you can be honest, you can be honest in fiction, and you can be uh, you can be the other. You can also be disgenuine in in nonfiction. Right. Yes. Like exactly the, the same way when you watch someone who's a bad actor, and you're like, oh, that acting's bad, and you know, the reason it's bad is because. It's not. They're not really. Uh, they're not in the moment. They're not. Uh, they're not portraying the reality of the situation. 
So it feels false and it feels gross. You're like, ah, that that's, doesn't seem right because it's not real. Yeah. Even though it's false because they're acting, they're playing a character. But they're still like, not doing it from some... They're not doing it from a place of, of honesty or truth. And so that's, yeah. That's, that's, I guess I think that's kind of like a big piece of what... It seems to be like what maybe, maybe what makes alternative comedy alternative is that you're coming at it because you're having the balls to be truthful or to be uh, to just do something how how it is maybe or I don't know well you know the thing about like in the uh, like the show uh, that I'm doing here and even sometimes well it happens in Montreal too is that you set up a you set up a scenario where uh, you're create you have a, a comics who are known for being innovative they're known for trying things mm. and then you set up this environment where you can even take that higher somehow right. and you can play around with it and so it's like any other uh categorization it ultimately falls down if you take it literally like when people thought alternative comedy meant like i came up with the in, in the time period with, with janine like and i i even have in my pocket like note cards right it's like we I, we were very comfortable we just we were working on new things and we didn't care if you're looking at right. notes and things like that. Yeah, there's there's no conceit. There's no like this uh there's no facade of um, yeah. perfection. It's you're being that's like that's I guess that's what I'm saying, is you're being honest. You're just being uh this is what I'm doing. I'm not trying to not to remember something. I'm just gonna look at it because that's, yeah, because that's, you're working on yeah, new stuff. and you're just doing it. Right, and then yeah. a lot of people criticize alternative comedy and be like, right. oh, they don't even memorize the material. Well, of course, why would you memorize your material if your whole idea is... There used to be a, conceptu- a conventional, right down in the middle of the play comedy, which was, I do this bit the same way all the time. Yeah. Of course, I'm not going to forget my act. I right. may add new things to it, but I'm still going to do it like this. I'm giving you a speech. Right. Or uh, uh, a... Monologue yeah. as opposed yeah, to a something, and I, I think that's also as things evolve. It's like mm-hmm. when Lenny Bruce on his live at Carnegie Hall album says, Oh, someone's making noise backstage, and he investigates where the noise is, right? Um, that was revolutionary, right? Because he's calling out something in the moment, he's like, he's Yeah, addressing the thing that's everyone can hear and everyone knows about instead and, of just steamrolling over it. And yeah. prior to was like that, yeah, later, just like, and that became. I think we always have a tendency to think, I mean, just by nat- naturally that, oh, we're, things are evolving to a higher level. Right. But it's just, it's o- often just uh, uh, cycles right. uh, uh, of that. So, um, you know, and the more comedy you see, you see, the more, when the stuff that you're cringing at is really just like, it's so ob- it's almost like someone saying, have you ever wondered, have you heard about this? You ever, <laughs> uh, you ever wonder? Those things, yeah. you don't really hear that much anymore. Right. And most people would just think that sounded odd that someone was in some kind of sing-songy right. uh, delivery. Yeah. It's the nature of comedy. It's the nature of the beast, Johnny. Nature of the beast. Do you think the alternative show will go on for just, I, I want to say ad infinitum? I don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. We have a lot, a lot of Latin roots here. Yeah. I do. Well, you know, the thing that's weird about life is that... Uh, I never thought I would get older. I, I never thought that there was a possibility that I could die. <laughs> I mean, I'm being, <laughs> I'm being facetious, but whenever I think about like, it's like, will I be doing this speech about the industry? How many more years? It almost becomes sickening to think about it because it's not... One thing that's hard to accept in life, even going beyond 
comedy is like the thing that will never probably change unless the world's destroyed is the idea of 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 entertaining people and doing yeah. comedy. It'll never go away. It'll never go away. Right. But that doesn't mean that as great as a, a club is like the comedy bar is the I love that it's club. Great. But I'm not. We're I'm in not, Toronto right now. We're in Toronto. Now, yeah. We're in Toronto, Canada. At JFL 42. At JFL 42. Uh, the 13th floor, there's a helicopter yeah. somewhere, and that's that's that. And the Comedy Bar is a great place that we've been performing. And I would like to be able to say it's going to be a 30 years from now, 40 years from now, right. but that's just kind of like how we all feel in life. We don't want to let... Yeah. We put our memories in the actually the wrong part of it. Right. I think that, to me... I can't ever imagine a time not doing stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, whatever the form of it would be, right. uh, whether it would be Andy Kindler's Wild West comedy, <laughs> or it's Andy Kindler's Jew Roundup, <laughs> I would Could always I be, be hoping the, to do this kind of thing. Could I be in the Jew Roundup? Well, no, because I really feel that you, you if you were any more white bread, <laughs> you would come with a Wonder Bread wrapper around yeah. you. You come well, with well, a... Uh, maybe with, I'll do a show called Whitey Whites. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Whitey Whites. Whitey Whites. Yes, and then maybe the catchphrase was, could you be more white? <laughs> How'd you get Kevin Tipcorn? I don't know. I just like coming up with names. I just have always... A good friend of mine who I grew up with, my friend Steve Ernest, we just would always like come up with stupid names. Just like... Like oh, it's there's Benjamin Drex or yeah. Paul Spank or just like <laughs> just stupid names. Like do you ever want, do you ever worry that on the practical level that people won't be able to find you like on Twitter or something they like can that? Find me if someone wants to find me. If someone wants to get engaged with my really hilarious, groundbreaking, constantly updated Twitter feed of me posting uh, late late nineties acid house dance tracks. How uh, often do you post? Uh, I post all the time, but it's not, I don't. I'm not like a I'm not like a consistent Twitter person where I, um, you know, I just do jokes or I just do links to shows or I just do this. I just sort of like I, I reject all of that. I do yeah. this or that. You know, it's like yeah. I'm I'm like, like when people go get back to the jokes. They say, oh God, <laughs> that's yeah, the I'm worst. a trained monkey. Get back. To okay, I thought this was gonna be funny. <laughs> I thought I was here for a funny show. Isn't it unbelievable Ugh. that pe to me it's like so. Rude. Oh, Man, God. That's the only word I could use about it is rude. And, and people always freak out. They don't freak out, but they're always surprised when they say, you know, you're like that. Like if I'll make fun of whatever, if I say something bad about Jimmy Fallon, right. they'll go, you know, you're better than this. You could be, you could be talking about, why do you have to do this? And, and the thing that's really annoying about it is, why, why don't you listen to the substance of what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Is there any chance that maybe I'm saying something that has a level of truth to it? Right. Or you just think, you are just in that world of like, don't make waves. Jimmy right. Fallon's popular. Uh -huh. If he's popular, he must be doing something right. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your problem? Just accept it. And uh, I had a big thing a, a couple of days ago where I said, I said, what do you mean? And I said, that's what I do. You know, he goes, why are you making fun, fun of it? Like, it was Jimmy Fallon? Then he brings up two people. Well, you know, be, if it was just Jimmy Fallon, it'd be one thing. But then it's also uh, Ricky Gervais and some other person who right. I've been making fun of. I said, well, yeah, it's a trend of mocking people who deserve to be mocked is the trend. What's well, the whole point? If you're, if you're up, up in that position, that's just uh, it's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, like, are you supposed to not make fun of, are you supposed to not criticize the president or something? Right. Like, Don't criticize the president. Yes. Don't, critic don't criticize the Congress. They've made they've made a decision. <laughs> but they would never say it. They would never say it on Twitter with that because 
the thing that's so hypocritical about it is, mm. you know, these same people would the next second call Obama a war criminal because right. of drone. So it's like, yeah. and then if you look at their own timeline, you know, if I have to hear one more Bono song, my head's going to bleed. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it's not, it has no logical basis in anything. It's just, yeah. they don't want you to be judgmental about the things that they're not judgmental yeah. about. There's like some lady I found on Twitter somehow, just so I was doing a little TCOT trolling. And uh, she's like posting like, like nonstop, like every 15, 20 minutes, all these like pictures that are all about supporting the troops, but also super pro-war. Yeah, and um, it's like don't you, the best way to support the troops is to not have them fight, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe to not have, put them in a place where they're uh, having to kill people. How about that? Yeah, yeah. That, how I'll support your troops that way, right? Just support them by bringing them home and inviting, taking them out to dinner. <laughs> like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. It's just like it's like the irony of, of is just lo- it's lost that the uh, it's yeah I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's weird how. If you're anti-war, you're anti the people who are serving the uh, the person who's yeah who's enacting the war. The thing that's gotten more complex about it though is like you know because I got into a whole thing where when I saw like uh, Assad using chemical weapons on right. you know and I actually you know the 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 the, the media trope uh, the the kind of the hacky media take where, where where you know there's no journalism in our country because. Everybody shares the are, is saying the same thing. Was like, oh, when Obama decided not to uh, bomb Syria after he drew a red line, all the leaders around the world s- said he was weak. It's like, is this nonsensical, ridiculous? I'm proud of someone who's not like George W. Bush, right. who said, I'm going to do this. Yeah, he actually changed his mind based on the evidence that was coming in at this time. Right. You know. But on the other hand, I also feel like people go. Well, why should we intercede when those people are getting killed on the mountain in mm-hmm. Iraq? You know, we, you know, okay, why? You know, if we're doing that, why aren't we everywhere with this problem? Because I think yeah. it's, it, either way, it's too simplistic. That's a that's a logical fallacy. I can't think of what it's called, but it's the one where it's a uh, if if this is, you know, it's the one where ergo proc hoctor prop maybe something like that. Yeah, or, or it's like if not if if one then all. Yeah, it's like a bad thing. deductive reasoning yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's a thing. Well, if you're gonna. It's so funny to hear people say stuff like that. Oh, oh, so, oh well, if you're gonna spill water on the floor, if well, you're gonna you're gonna throw a, a cigarette butt in the street. What if everybody in the world threw a cigarette butt in the street? Yeah, it's like well, they don't. They don't. But no, also not the gonna. idea that because you can't intervene everywhere yeah. means you should never intervene anywhere. Yeah, and that's just a thing where that's like well, that's a big thing. That's a huge thing among the conservatives is they criticize any type of activism. Like let's say you're marching on Wall Street, that recent Wall Street march the for Occupy climate change, or well, the climate change one that happened pretty oh, okay. recently, because they're because they're implicating who they should implicate in the climate crisis, which is fucking Wall Street, who's the you know J right. P. Mor- That's why I said the other day in the interview, I said J P Morgan is my favorite comedian, <laughs> like most influential. But and they're saying like, oh well, I hope these people realize that they're probably wearing clothes that have been made in China and they're using iPhones. It's like. Okay, so if nothing, if if anything, then nothing. Huh? That's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so if, if you, you can't be, unless you wake up in a fucking dirt hole and shower with rainwater, yeah. and walk everywhere, you are evil because you've been involved. Any, any, any touch. Interesting that you the brought up thing. exactly what I do. What I live in a hole. <laughs> oh yeah, you're I, pure of heart and mind. And I soul shower and body. with rainwater. <laughs> 
I haven't showered since the drought started in L.A. Oh, really? There's been no rainwater. Oh, you look pretty good, I gotta say. It's pretty... How we doing? Are we keeping you? What's yeah. happening? No, we should probably, we should probably do a wrap-up. We're about a... Okay. Yeah. Are you going to edit out this part about we should do a wrap-up, or is it going to be no, all... See, this is, this is an alternative podcast. I don't... I, this, yes. These are the note cards on the... On the uh, I hear your, yeah. your podcast is so alternative that you don't never even release it. Yeah, it's, it's going to come out in one big lump. He's, it's gonna, it's gonna, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, bl- I'm gonna do a uh, Twitter blast where I take over the airwaves, Guy Fox style, and um, blow it out. Yeah. Do you use the expression when it drops? <sighs> no. When's it gonna drop? It drops. No. I should because I, I, I reserved that for like music, right? Because it's like, oh, the album drops on Tuesday. Yeah. But that doesn't happen anymore. I love no. when we we co-opt uh, terminology from other uh, industries. Right. Music industry, same as the comedy industry, right? Yeah. But you're a big music person. I am a big yeah, music so person. Yeah, we got to talk about that too. You know, I'm the problem when you do a podcast with me is that I'm yeah. so worldly. <laughs> I know so many things. Right. It's hard to pin me down. Well, let me ask you this one thing, and then we'll close it up. Okay. Do you think there's like what's what's the correlation you think between like music and comedy? Because I feel like all the comedians I know and like the best are also have the best taste in music. I think there's uh, uh, mu- and I've I've used this argument before. Everything I'm saying, I've said before. Because I have no new ideas, <laughs> but I do believe that musicians and comedians are so similar, and you know the 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 cliche is comedians want to be musicians, musicians want to be comedians. Right. But the truth is, they're often both. Right. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean that the people who decide to stay in music are not kind of better at it in a way. And the right. people, but there's so right. there's so much crossover. Yeah, you know, and like when you have people like Garfunkel and Oates, you have Fly of the Concords. Mm-hmm. You and and I and I just think that uh, many comi- many musicians by nature are funny. Are funny. That's why they always wanted to make the band laugh uh, when it was Lenny Bruce, like Harry Nilsson. Like he's uh, like he's like actually a funny guy. Harry Nilsson was funny. Oh yeah, he was yeah. funny. Well, John Lennon was funny. Really, Randy Newman is hilarious. Yeah, and his songs are great too. So there's just a big and you know the you know the cliche things I think are true. Ry- uh, rhythm, uh, right. timing. Because well, so much of what you do is so rhythmic. It's like a thing where you can't not laugh when you say when you say when you're, when you're performing. I can be watching you. I I don't know what's happening, but I'm laughing because it's just like this thing where um, to reference the uh, the banjo minnow, which is a fucking fishing lure that was advertised to me every Saturday morning when I was a child. This guy said that this the banjo minnow creates a genetic strike response in the fish, <laughs> where the fish cannot help. But strike on the bait because it resembles a dying fish, and they're genetically programmed to strike. <laughs> like that's the case in certain people's comedy where you can't not laugh because the way the person's saying something is just they just there's like a rhythm there. Yeah, and it's sometimes weird because even on the alternative show this week, I realized if I stood outside of myself. I, I would never predict that I'd be doing like funny voices, you know, because a lot of times I'm like, oh, 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 right. And then I have to sometimes step out and go, what the hell am I doing? But most of the, and sometimes it's weird when you listen back to where you thought you were on and then it just sounds crazy in the, yeah. in the past. But it's weird. Uh, I just think I'm, I'm, I, I, I have so many skills. You know what I mean? I agree. I can come at you. This was a lot of fun to do. It was great. I, I want to ask you how you've been enjoying your shows. Have they been fun? Been great. Okay. It is a little daunting to be doing so many hours. It's like, you're doing one hour every yeah, night? Yeah, two to two hours tonight. Yeah. Oh, two one-hour shows. Two one-hour shows. So wow. It's just, How have the turnouts been? They've been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the first show was sold out, and uh, ever since then, it's been a little bit less, but I don't know. It's just sort of like it's ebb and flow. I think between this festival and and the fact that you were able to land me yes. as a guest, 
We're gonna we're gonna see some spikes. Yeah, I just made myself ill. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Kindler. Thank you. AndyKindler.com at Andy Kindler. Uh, thank you. I've always been a big Kevin Tipcorn fan. Thank you. Well, Kevin, uh, thanks you, and Kevin will be here for a long time. Here oh, I forgot. Come. You don't. You always like you making it like he's a separate guy. No, it's me. I'm Kevin oh, okay, Tipcorn. Good. Yeah. Bye, Andy. Thanks so much. Thank you. Me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind. Rate, review, subscribe, donate. Thank you. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.